Rogers Business App Market brings together the right apps for your business and wraps it all up with Rogers world-class support. Microsoft Office 365 makes it easy. Whether you need to securely store and backup files, access or share documents in the cloud, collaborate with your team or manage your business from anywhere and on any device. Plus, with support from Rogers, you'll get everything up and running quickly. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash business apps. Scotiabank understands that business is personal and your business has unique needs. That's why we offer flexible solutions for your business banking. Create your own business banking package that works for you by opening an account online in minutes with ease and start saving today. Visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business to get started. Building your dream, work-life balance, scaling up, discussing the topics that matter most to entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. This is Kendall Netmaker, the CEO of Netmaker Enterprises Corp. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, where we talk to entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast and other coasts around the planet. Coming live from the, well, live for us today anyway, recorded to you folks, but in Fredericton, New Brunswick at a Planet Hatch, which is the amazing incubator here in the city. Thanks to those good folks for allowing us to uh, to get some space and make that happen. Uh, and we're heading out to Saskatoon to a province which I have never been to, but I have talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and they are doing amazing, amazing work. And today we're just thrilled to have have an outstanding indigenous social entrepreneur on the show. Kendall Netmaker is a multi-award winning speaker and owner of the fast-growing Nietzsche Gear, a social enterprise boasting quality athletic gear that donates 5% of its profits annually for youth to play, sh- play sports. Kendall grew up in Sweetgrass First Nation in Saskatchewan. As a child, Kendall was unable to participate in sports and his life changed when 
a family friend began paying for and bringing Kendall's soccer practice. Having once received a helping hand, Kendall now gives back not only through Nietzsche Gear, but also his second company, Netmaker Enterprises, that inspires and engages the next generation of leaders to pursue starting their own businesses. Kendall is one of Canada's top and most sought-out motivational speakers, with clients including Ernst & Young, Tech Canada, and We Day. Kendall travels the globe to share his story of perseverance and hard work. In today's podcast, we're going to talk to Kendall about his journey from Sweetgrass First Nation to speaking in places as far as Russia and Dubai. Love it. Love it. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me. Well, look, I I, uh, I like to kind of sprinkle uh, uh, things in throughout these conversations. And we talked just a second ago about you speaking at We Day. What is We Day? Yeah. So We Day is basically an event that's happening uh, basically every province in, in, in around uh, Canada and, and beyond in North America and beyond the world that basically engages youth to take action to make the world a better place. Right. So every every kid that goes to We Day has to do something in their community and they're, 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 the teachers will allow s- certain students or certain groups to attend We Day if they're giving back somehow to their communities. It's pretty cool. Yeah, do you, now do you, when you're speaking at uh, at, at events like that, um, do you bring out that, that journey of, an, uh, of you not being able to participate in sports? Yeah, yeah. I, I usually start off with that story of, of my, how my friend Johan helped me to to take part in soccer in grade five, and it was a very uh, it was it was kind of a path where I could have been down a dark place, and sports was something that took me out of that dark place because growing up on a First Nations community, it's very easy to to go down dark paths because there's no at least in my time there was no economic development, there was no entrepreneurs in my community. Um, very, you know, we didn't even have a gymnasium till I was graduating high school, like things like that, that a lot of people have access to. I never did. So it would, it would have been so much easier for me to go down, you know, a dark path of drugs and alcohol as opposed to that. So Johan was the, was the gentleman's name who, uh, who, yeah. who came to your rescue. And, yeah. and, uh, would you remember the words that he said when he kind of just started that journey and helping you to get involved with sports? You know, it, it was it was grade five. We were ten years old. We were at recess, and I just told Yoke because he was the only kid that, out of the whole school that asked me why I wasn't playing soccer after school, and I have to explain to him that uh, that bus parked outside the school was my only transportation back and to and from my reserve. Yes. Uh, we were living on welfare. My my mom was single parenting us, so we had all these things that were stopping us uh, from from even just playing a simple sport. So he told his parents that night. The very next day, his 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 dad, uh, who was a doctor and came from South Africa, brought his family here, and they started with nothing as well. Yes. And uh, they started, they seen someone that was trying to get ahead, and I was best friends with his son, and they started to help me. They paid for my fee. They started driving me from games and practices, and that happened for two years. And then by grade seven, uh, they had to move away to Saskatoon, and, and that was my ride going to be taken away from me. So obviously, I was a little bit uh, tense <laughs> and, and uh, sad about that. So they actually gave us something that helped the rest of my family, my my mom and my three younger sisters, and they gave us a 1986 Crown Victoria, and it was parked outside their house Big before care. they were moving away. They, they, they didn't need it. Yeah, they gave it to us. Yeah. So now my mom is driving myself, my my sisters to to play sports, and 
it was it was such a, a impact on on my whole family. You know, it's a small thing to do, really, when you look at it, but such a huge, huge impact. Is is that the type of messaging when you're when you're traveling the globe to share your story? Is is mm-hmm. that the message about small things can have huge impacts? It, it's it, but the message is mostly one person can change the world. Mm. You know, it was one person who changed my world in, in grade five. I took that that energy and I, and I transformed into a business. And I was right. a solopreneur for a long time, for many years. And I did it all, you know, just by finding the right people to associate myself with. And and now I'm helping other people to, to tra- you know, t- take their journeys on to a different level through if they want to start a business, if they want to take their life in a, you know, climb the corporate field, whatever they want to do. I try to be a coach to them that way. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's really amazing how, you know, one person changed my world. And now I'm trying to do that with for thousands of people. The, that's really, really cool, man. I, uh, I'm, I'm impressed with uh, one, your journey, but you also referenced that there wasn't entrepreneurs in, uh, in your community. So how'd you, how'd yeah. you find out this whole world of entrepreneurship? It wasn't until I was in university where I really started to think about entrepreneurship. Uh, I was studying to become a teacher in, at the University of Saskatchewan. And in my last semester is when I had the idea to create cl- this clothing brand, yes. uh, Nietzsche gear, which which Nietzsche is a slang form of friend in my language. So it comes from this word called Nietzsche-wagon, which is my friend, my, my brother. Nice. So it's basically friend gear. Nice. That's basically the word, the wording behind it because my best friend helped me to take part in soccer. And then we wanted to have a mission that would give back a portion of profits every year to helping those kids, like kids who were once like me. So that was it. And then I entered a bunch of business competitions, business planning competitions, had no idea what I was doing. I found people who knew what they were doing. I had no idea how to write a business plan. And so I found people who knew how to do that. I would take them out for Tim Hortons and I couldn't afford Starbucks yet. So I had to take them out for double doubles. So I, yeah, it was crazy. So then I had to learn how to pitch my business because that was the second part of these competitions. I had no idea how to do that. Yeah. I was terrified of public speaking. I was the shyest kid in the room. Wow. That wouldn't. And so what I would do is I would go late at night on campus and I would lock myself in, in lecture theaters uh, and I would practice for several hours in front of no one just so I can get my confidence up. And that's how I started to, to, to get, get up on stages and to pitch. And then that's how I won some startup cash. I, I'm, I'm just here with my my head in my hand uh, uh, leaning going <laughs> what an amazing story and we haven't even begun to talk about the people that that you have impacted i mean i just you know where do you where do you think this resolve comes from is it is it just because practice the you've got an opportunity you practice it and then you look for another opportunity because that one door happened to be open for you yeah, you know, it, it has to align with your values as mm. well, right? I, I, I'm i a big believer in, I don't just go after any opportunity. It has to align with what I believe in and, and what I've been brought up to believe yes. in. Um, and a lot of it has been uh, impacted by my mom, who's single parented us. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her taking those sacrifices. Yes. Uh, she sacrificed a lot, you know, so she sacrificed her, her social life. Yes. Um, she, she, she never had boyfriends uh you know, throughout my whole childhood, right, right? when she left my, my father. So right. things like that, right? And even before we, we we got to our community there, we were living in women's shelters for, for several months. Wow. You know, we were in and out of those because we never had a home. And then my mom's mom, uh, in our language, we call her Kukum, she she brought us into her her home and we stayed in her living room for a couple months. Then we finally got a little two-bedroom house on the reserve. And that's where we grew up till I graduated. Wow. So, you know, it's been a journey, yeah. but... It's because of all those those obstacles and all the things that I've I've learned along the way, and, and having guidance from my mom and uh, my her mom that 
allowed me to to develop those values. And so everything I do regard evolves revolves around those values. That's brilliant, dude. It really, really is. And you know, and when I'm looking at the briefing here in front of me, it talks that you've spoken places as far as Russia and Dubai. When you went there, what were you, what were you talking about? Yeah. So so a lot of that was was for entrepreneur talks. You know, talking. You know, just kind of like this podcast, right? You brought me in as an entrepreneur. Yes. So. For those engagements, those were for uh, Canadian entrepreneurs. They 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 brought in actually one of them was in Dubai. Was uh, we did a talk there with Futurepreneur. Oh, cool! And uh, so we were also nominated by Futurepreneur to be one of the entrepreneurs of the year for the YB Youth Business International Awards. And uh, that's where the finals were happening. So I, I made a top four finals a finalist, and mm. we were the runner up there. So it was pretty crazy. Yeah. So so tell yeah. me, as I'm going through this, I mean, I'm a parent. I'm a parent, <laughs> and you know, I just love watching the journey yeah. of my children. And right now, yeah. and you know, my son's off to Australia next year to study, and my daughter's mm-hmm. in Vietnam. I mean, just you know, my my yeah. daughter, my other daughter, got 104 out of 100 on a test, and you know, I just I just oh. marvel at this journey. Your mom, yeah. you know, you. Your mom just must just revel in the journey that you're on with the greatest pride. I mean, never once would she probably have said this is what's going to happen because we just can't predict this stuff. But I got to think that mm-hmm. what a great what a great payback. And I know you didn't do it for payback, <laughs> but the pride your mom must have in telling her uh, her friends and family about the journeys you've been on. That's that's going to make you pretty happy. You know, it's 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 funny that you say that because I was she 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 told me like recently, the last couple of years, like Kendall, you were, and she said this in the positive, yes. like, you, you were the kid that I never thought would actually make it like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, because I was the kid that she had to wake up every day, you know, to get to school, yes. and I was I wasn't motivated to go to school. I was just wanted to play sports. And another thing that revolves around values is is her mom, my grandma, my cookum, would tell her not to tell your children that you're proud of them all the time. Mm-hmm. And I never understood what she meant by that. And and growing up, my mom never said, oh, I'm so proud of you, son, for doing that. And I'm so proud of you for doing this, this, and that. She would say, I'm very happy that, that you did that today. I'm very mm-hmm. happy for you. And and in a way, it conditioned me to be an achiever, mm-hmm. unintentionally. Mm-hmm. And and it, and it, it when it, when I finally started to hear those words, I'm proud for, I'm proud of you, I started to hear from, from other men. Mm. Um, who I looked up to because again, my, my dad was very, uh, he was in my life when he wanted to be. So right. I never really had a father figure in my life. So when I started to hear those kind of words, it kind of, it re-energized that, that, that feeling. So I don't know how to explain it, but, but un- unintentionally I was conditioned to not be satisfied. That's very cool. Yeah. I, well, and, uh, whether or not it was a strategy or not, it seems to have worked because you are now the, uh, the owner of Nietzsche gear, uh, which you've been working with for a bit. It, it, like, okay. It's a social enterprise that's, uh, that boasts quality athletic gear that donates 5% of its annual, uh, annual service. So, but what is that? What is, what is, what's the yeah. gear that's part of this journey? So it's, it's like, it's like, Casual athletic clothing, okay. T-shirts, hoodies, and uh, in, in Saskatchewan, sometimes people call them bunny hugs. I don't know if you ever heard of that I term have. way over there. Yeah, I have. Okay, so I have. sometimes they call them that. So you know stuff like that. Um, you know, it's very similar to, to stuff like uh, I, I believe you have an amazing clothing company over there called East Coast we Lifestyle. We do. Yes, they're doing amazing things. Yes. You know, uh, doing uh, doing awesome stuff with him. So. Congratulations on your entrepreneur over there. You obviously did some awesome stuff over there in your community. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's very similar in ways to to their company. Um, yes. 
we just have a different social mission. Yes. That, that's it. Yes. So how do you, how do you market uh, Nietzsche gear? Uh, primarily social media. That's, that's basically it. I don't do print advertising. It's, it's Facebook ads. If we're going to invest money into ads, it's Facebook. And do you, what about stories? Do you, do you tie a lot of stories behind what you do with the Nietzsche gear? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually how I got into speaking was, it was people loved the story so much behind the brand that they started to ask me to go talk about it. And then I was getting paid to go talk about the company and then sell at the end. It was crazy. So it was such, it was a, a great model to, to leverage, you know, in Saskatchewan and beyond because I was able to go take my stuff everywhere and, and not only get paid to go speak, but also to, to sell the stuff at the end, to sell our gear at the end. So that's kind of how we built the base was, was through Facebook and through the, the talks that we did. Did, um, uh, can you tell us about some of the, um, some of the stories that have resulted because of the donations that, uh, you guys have been uh, creating because of your, fi- yeah. your 5%? Yeah. So actually, before we even started donating 5%, I used to donate it directly to the teams I was directly coaching because okay. I used to be a coach on a lot of volleyball teams that we created. So we have like a Nietzsche Gear Volleyball Club Nate. that we created. And then I was a coach and I was trying to run this business. I was just so busy. And every every weekend we go play in club tournaments throughout Saskatchewan and uh, I was coaching and helping them. So every all the money that was funneled uh, originally to the like places like Kidsport was taken back to, to our, our club teams. So that's how we started. And then a lot of those athletes, like there was even some athletes that went on to play some college volleyball. So that was like, to me, I was like, man, <laughs> that's it right there. You know, it was just such a like fulfilling feeling yeah. that to see, not even if they go on to play college yeah. sports, but even to go to post-secondary, like that, that kind of stuff to me is like, man, like it's really, it's working, you know? So well, and, and it's, now and, we, now we partner with uh, places like kids sport that uh, distributes to the to the, to the respectful people that are needing yes. it, you know, that, that show proof yeah. of it. So now we're, you know, we're, we're reaching beyond that. So it, it's really been something else that we've, I, I can't really explain the feeling other than it, it's really fulfilling. Well, it's ultimately about community and you know, giving back uh, to a journey that you've been on. And, um, and that really started you on, on having that interest in doing that. But also, you know, you can't explain the stories of the individual who comes up to you and says, uh, Kendall, thanks. You know, that was so powerful what you did. I remember one guy came up to me once a long time ago, I spoke at an event and, and he says, because of you, I changed my life and I became an entrepreneur. I'm having the best time of my life. And you just, you know, those little, those little That's personal connections of what you did yeah. because of, uh, of a great passion you have, uh, I think yeah. is, it's, it makes it all worthwhile for sure. So what's, uh, what's next for Nietzsche gear? Well, with Nietzsche gear, we actually, I finally brought in some partners yes. so I can free up a bit of my time to, uh, to speak more. You know, I've been getting busier and busier every single year to, to go and speak and do uh, seminar talks and whatnot on entrepreneurship, uh, personal development, leadership, and all that kind of stuff that uh, ties into what I've, I've been doing over the last seven years. So I've been, I actually just came from the Northern Manitoba community uh, two days, two days ago called Garden Hill. And in this community, we literally had to take a plane from Winnipeg, a little four-seater plane. And uh, we landed in, in the, it's, I believe it's called the St. Teresa uh, Air, uh, uh, landing strip that we, we landed on. Then we had to take a, a hovercraft over a frozen, half-frozen lake to their community. And then we spoke there for the day. Then uh, we repeated the process going back. So these are, these are some of the places I'm going to. And um, trying to change the way that people are thinking and showing them because, you know, like I said, there wasn't many, 
First Nations, Indigenous entrepreneurs when I was growing up. There's more now, but there still needs to be more, right? So I'm trying to be, uh, I'm trying to, to to spark something in a lot of Indigenous people to to think about entrepreneurship because we all we all have some that we can create value out of nothing. Yes. You know, that's entrepreneurship. Yeah, isn't it great? And it, it, but, it's, it, but it's the people who, who get up and actually uh, do it. Those are the ones that we're going to win, right? right? So right. that's where I try to come and share the story and try to spark something. And, that, and that's what Netmaker Enterprises is all about, inspiring, engaging the next generation. Yeah. Very cool. So, so yeah. um, uh, I, uh, in that approach, and that's what you've been doing for seven years, Kendall? Uh, Nietzsche Gear, the speaking, coaching, as well as I created an online academy for entrepreneurs and professionals called the Netmaker Academy. I don't know if you heard of that yet. Well, I just did. That's but, awesome. Uh, so how do you find it? Netmakeracademy.ca.com? Dot com. Yeah, dot oh, com. I yeah. Love so it. you can go on my website, even candlenetmaker.com. You just click on the academy link and you'll see it up there. So I have uh, about 30 entrepreneurs across Canada, uh, primarily entrepreneurs that are on there and learning from my video trainings, having access to me as a coach. I do group training on there and uh, just trying to help everyone succeed. That's that's my goal. So how do you market yourself Is uh, when you when you got into that originally? I mean, you had your experience with Nietzsche gear. Um, yeah. Is that is, is it just come organically? Hey, can you speak? Hey, can you help me? Um, and then testimonials, referrals started after that? Or do you, I mean, the other part of it is you talked about doing social media for, for Nietzsche Gear. Yeah. Do you do the same thing for uh, Netmaker Enterprises? Well, the, a lot of the Netmaker stuff comes from me talking right. it, it, on a stage or, or, or at a specific event where, you know, I, I have the right crowd and uh, there'll be maybe half a dozen people that might come up to me, right? Those are quality leads for either another engagement or to, to have potentially have a coaching or academy client. So it's always following up with those people that are, are coming to, to the extra mile to come and meet you and to learn more. So those are the best quality leads. Also online, I do a lot of free webinars and stuff for mm-hmm. that. And on the back end, I'll usually get them to apply for some, uh, for some private coaching with me. So, and I follow up with those leads as well. So that's that's how I've been doing so it. So there's a lot of people on in this uh, in our listener um, group uh, who are solo solopreneurs, and I don't know if you yeah. have a team or not, or centered around you, but I'm sure you do at some level, whether they're direct or indirect, um, who are interested in the the coaching world, the mentorship world, and so on. Is there is yeah. there any kind of best practices that you would recommend to them to to be, you know, Kendall, uh, Kendall, mm-hmm. and 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 follow what it is that you're doing. You know, if, if you want to be a coach, because there's a lot of coaches popping up left and right. Some people, some people are even scared to call themselves a coach, uh, but they really yeah, are. Right. All, all you are doing is you're trying to find someone who has a massive problem. You bring a solution and you're trying to sell them on the transformation of your solution, how they can become a different person through you and what your product or service has to offer. If you can do a good job of, of, of illustrating that through a compelling uh, story or, or, or uh, a pitch to them on the phone or on Skype like this, then you're going to have a good chance of closing someone. Yeah, so how do you build a compelling um, delivery on something that isn't 
quantitative. If you do this, you're going to get this. So there's a there's a lot of subjectivity to it. You do it for free. Ah, you do it for free. Yeah, I love it. You have to do it for right, free. Right, right. And, and I've done a lot of stuff for free. Yeah. You know, you have a few of your Startup Canada uh, award winners, yes. right? Like Heather Abbey, yep. uh, Devin Fidler. Like I started helping them with for free. Right. Right. So those are just a few, uh, you know, past. And then, you know, and in return, they've given me testimonials. Right. So yes. that's kind of you have to you have to give in order to get something. Right. So that's that's how you that's how you're going to learn how to be a coach. That's how you're going to learn how to be a consultant. Even as a speaker, I never got paid to speak when I first started. I had to go and I, I had to pay my own gas money to go to a lot of these places. Right. And I, I would be lucky to break even. Right. So. You have to pay your dues. You have to work, and 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 eventually, if you're good and if you have a compelling solution to their problems, you will find a way to make money. And you got to be passionate. I mean, because those are those are days when you're not making anything. You got to be really driven yeah. by that passion of what it is that you're yes. doing. Absolutely. Very cool. So, what do you do to keep yourself, uh, you know, for on the personal side? Are you still playing any sports? <laughs> That's funny that you're mentioning that. I uh, I actually. I was playing volleyball very regularly up until last spring, this past spring. Right. I decided to retire from that. Um, the, the reasoning behind that was I needed to make more time to learn about the topics that I'm trying to teach in the future. Wow. So I spent a lot of time reading, uh, taking online courses, um, going to seminars and personal development so I can try to help as many wow. people as I can in the future. So I'm preparing for something big, if that makes yeah, any it sense. It totally makes sense, man. It totally All makes right. sense. Cool. You know, I'm a, I'm a big sports analogy guy. And uh, and yeah. as my listeners know, is that I'm a big Tom Brady fan. And, you know, he, he, nice. always, he always says the practice is the most fun because of what he gets to totally. learn along the way before ultimately game time happens. Yes, and that's exactly I think it. it's exactly what you're saying. So that is, no, I totally get what you're saying. So most people would think it'd be like, what a boring life, mm -hmm. right? You're, you're reading, you're reading two, three hours a night. You know what I mean? Like, or you're, you're, you're in your car listening to an audiobook. Who wants to do that? Well, I'll tell you what, five years time, you'll see the payoff on that. Yeah, totally. Do, do you, do you, do you, um, do you schedule that in your day-to-day, -day, um, activities? I make time for it no matter what. I can't really schedule it because my time, my, my, my schedule is all over the place. Right. But usually when I'm driving, I'll, talk, I'll, I'll pop on my audio programs. Um, if it, At night before I go to bed, I usually try to read some a book here, uh, a couple chapters if I can before bed, that kind of stuff, right? So I'm always trying to learn. I'm always trying to grow. And if I'm not doing that, I cannot expect myself to grow in the future. Yeah, well, nor can you expect your clients to believe in you that that's part of what they need to exactly. do, right? That's exactly mm. right. That's exactly right. You'll have more confidence to help them in the future. What's your favorite? What's sure. your what's your uh, an impactful book that you would uh, that you've read in the last say six months that you say, man, that's that's one that uh, Rivers audience uh, needs to uh, connect with. Well, I think there's a lot of people that are taking to the online field, so I'm going to give you one book, or actually two books here that would definitely change the way you think about getting leads online. Uh, in the, the, the author is the, the founder of ClickFunnels, the membership oh, site. Oh, yeah, right on. And uh, landing pages. So uh, .com Secrets is, is one book. And his follow-up book was Expert Secrets. I love the Expert Secrets because it really ties into what I'm doing. Um, you know, trying to use one person to leverage thousands of people, right, through, through a program or through a product or whatever you're trying to sell. Yeah. So those two books right there were absolutely huge in terms of uh, learning the online space and how to market yourself as, a, as an individual or product or service to, to thousands of people. Well, I, and I think that's an excellent point you bring up, Kendall, because, you know, when you, when, uh, you are solo, a lot of people – 
rely on time for money. But if you you yeah. go down, you get pneumonia, whatever it happens to you're be, done. you're done. Yeah. So yeah, so totally. so you're, this is when you started to. I mean, you you obviously get started in that space, but then you started to become more leveraging these other hacks, if I could call them. Can you talk? Totally. talk can you yeah. talk about some of those that have been useful for you? Well. Well, like, for example, on this expert secrets book, right, he talks a lot about, you know, in terms of exchanging time for dollars, that's kind of dying out that phase, right? If you really want to be successful, want to have a financially sound future, you have to find a way to to exchange your time for uh, dozens of people's money. You know what I mean? Like, so you have to have you have to have a platform of some kind. That's why I created this academy is I wanted to not do the, you know, one on one consulting as much. But I wanted to do one-to-many consulting, mm. and and that's how you're going to to scale a consulting or coaching business. And in these books, he does a great job of showing how you can do that on through Facebook ads, creating these out landing pages, creating eBooks or a book in the future. It's totally up to how you want to do it. Um, but that's I definitely recommend those two books here right away. So you, you, we talked about books, but then there's audio books you also uh, listen yeah. to. Do you, what's your favorite way of uh, consuming information, audio or hard copy? Um, I find that audio is best when I'm on the move, right. when I'm on the go doing some, because it, it, it stays there longer mm. and it motivates me. Uh, probably the first person I ever listened to in, in audio was Les Brown, ah. uh, the, world, the world's the world's motivational oh, speaker. Dude, you, know? you uh, are in my club. Yeah. I love it. There we yes. go. Yeah, he's awesome. So, and then then I moved on to other people like uh, Zig Ziglar, mm. who passed away, uh-huh. Jim Rohn, uh-huh. um, uh, those kind of guys. So I have all those those on my phone. So I decide pop one on when I'm on the on the go here, and uh, I listen to it. Or if I'm in an airport, I'm usually working on something, or I'm listening. Um, I want to tie into talking to mentorship here because that's the, probably the it. biggest piece. Yeah, I'm glad. Of the pie. Bring it up. Let's do it. Um, you know, the, the my current so I've always you know been reaching out to mentors for advice. A lot of people haven't applied, replied to me, but the people who have have made time for me. And here's the thing: most people want to help you. It, 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 all you have to do is ask. Take more for coffee, right? Take more for supper. Tell them that you you have you have a problem. And you think they might have a solution. So many people want to help people, but they just they're just they don't they don't they don't get approached enough. So I used to ask people uh, with a notepad and pen, especially when I wanted to learn how to write a business plan. So I take business people in the community for for coffee, like I said, and I would sit there with a notepad and pen. And that was when the first iPad came out. Yeah. So I couldn't afford that either. I was a broke student, <laughs> so I had a notepad and pen, which I still carry to this day. And uh, that's how I learned how to write a business plan. Then when I got into the business world and I started to, you know, had the store, we were making cash flow happen. And uh, I got a business mentor from Futurepreneur Canada. And uh, the first one didn't work out. So I told them and uh, they found me another another mentor. And his name is Dennis, uh, Dennis Prudholm. And uh, Dennis, you know, we became, we clicked. We were, um, he was able to come help me with my financials. I wasn't good at that. Um, and, and here's the most important thing about a mentor is they hold you accountable mm-hmm. to what you say. And I was lacking that for many years. So when he started to, started to challenge me on the things that I said in the past, I started to see results in the future after well, that. I got to I got to go back to the one that didn't work out. Um, yeah. Why didn't it work out, and who made the decision to leave the other? So I made a decision to leave. Uh, it didn't work out because I told him my vision, where I think it was going to work, yes. and I, I believed it so strongly that the minute he said. You need to find another strategy. I knew it wasn't yeah, going to work out. Man, yeah. Uh, so mm. I'm like, okay, 
you know what? I truly believe this is going to work. And if you don't see this right now, it's probably not going to work in the future. So we scrapped, I just basically scrapped that relationship and uh, there was no hard feelings. No, of course not. I think that's a very valuable lesson to take on here is that uh, you you don't have to stick with a mentor that isn't succinct in what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Now they don't, they don't have to agree with everything, but ultimately there's got to be a vision that both of you tie into different path, maybe to get there. But ultimately that's, that's where it started is that, uh, is that vision piece. I agree. Do you find that, um, do you find that more and more, uh, like, I, I mean, my friends uh, that are accountants, bankers, and lawyers always hate when I say this, but I, I find that, you know, for people that are beginning that mentorship stage or accelerators or incubators that are beginning that stage of getting mentors for people, they say, I got to go get an accountant. I got to go get a lawyer. I got to get a banker. And to me, those are the last people you want to start yeah. with. Yes, they're important. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. But do you find that there's more of a shift now to that matchmaking piece that you just talked about, Kendall? Yeah, I think I think thanks thankfully to people like you know Startup Canada yes. talking about these issues and mentorship to me was was the missing piece of the puzzle right. and and now I pay for a mentor I pay for a coach you know so because I want to elevate my life much faster right so I know I have to pay to to get to that level so you know it's it's funny you know I. Uh, once I was able to, you know, give back through my mentorship and I was able to, to find a way to, to create a model that would, that would, that would generate revenue through it. Um, I found one of my mentors right now, his name is Chris Widener from an audio program that I was listening to on my, my cool. phone. And he was talking about network marketing, um, uh, leadership, all that kind of stuff. And he, and then I, I read that he was mentored by Jim Rohn for seven years, did the, did a show with Zig Ziglar. So I reached out to him on Facebook and, um, I said, you know, I'd really love to get mentored by you. This is what I'm trying to become a speaker. And, uh, we, he set the rates and uh, we're still working together to this day. So it's been, it's crazy. And so would you think that, would you say, and I, I, by the way, I know the answer already, but I just want to hear yeah, you yeah, say yeah. that because yeah. of that investment, and that's really what it is, an investment with the right yeah. person that you are further ahead with your trajectory yeah. you want to go than if you had to just said, I'm going to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm. It for, it's forcing me, right? It's forcing me because I know I have money in there. People who pay usually find a way to win, mm-hmm. right? And, and and because I paid thousands for a coach, it's forcing me to work. It's forcing me to, to, to get a, a ROI on this knowledge that I'm receiving and apply it to my life in some way so I can generate more revenue through my businesses. So it's it's crazy how that works. But, you know, I if you ever get a chance, whoever's listening, um, when it comes time to finding a mentor or a coach, don't be afraid to invest in that. Okay, don't be afraid because it's because te- people who invest in me as you know as as I'm a coach here, yes. people who invest in me, I know they're serious about winning. I know that they're gonna find a way. I just I just gotta help guide right. them. That's it, right? So that's that's the difference here. And, and I would think the other part of that, and I'm a big fan, by the way, of, of uh, what you're doing in the in the industry that you're playing in, because it's to me it's mm-hmm. one of the reasons most entrepreneurs fail is because they haven't got the right coaching along their journey. Would you say that um, that though that people have to understand it's still not a fix 
uh, it's not a quick fix. You've got to invest for right. the long term, which would be mm-hmm. typically how long would you say before you would you'd be able to say, okay, now it's a good investment. Six months, eight months, a year. What are your thought processes? I'd say a minimum a minimum six months. Okay. Um, I, ideally a year to to get any kind of re- like 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 breakthrough result uh, from that. Yes. Uh, because because you know anything less than that, you can't really expect massive things to happen. You're going to see progress, yes. but you're not going to see that breakthrough happen. Um, like currently right now, like if I didn't have that coach right now, I wouldn't be writing my book. Right. right? right. And it's holding me accountable to writing this book. And I'm, I'm over halfway done it now. Right. So I'm hoping to launch in 2018. Cool. So about like the book. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, the book is basically uh, a, like part of my story that I just told yes. you, um, going more in deep depth of the story. And also I'm, I'm going to share uh, my five best steps to take where you are in your life and go anywhere that you want to be in the future, whether it's life or business. So that's, the, that's what I'm working on right now. And how long have you been working on it? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so when I, when I first said that I, I should probably write a book that was in 2016, yes. July, 2016. Yes. Um, and then it took me another six months to finally write on a piece of paper. Yes. And then, uh, for the last, Oh my goodness. When did I finally start really digging this summer? I started really digging deep into it. And so it's been the past six months I've been grinding. on. Uh, it. Good for you, man. That's really good. Well, yeah. You know, you really sound yeah. like you've got a good grasp on who you are and where you're going and way you want to contribute to society. And did you, have you ever, <laughs> excuse me, have you ever gone back to Sweetgrass first nation and uh, speak to the community? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I, my mom used to lose there, so I, I'm go, I go back pretty regularly. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and I'm, sh- I'm yeah. sure you must be a great inspiration to, uh, to, to everybody in the community there. No, I definitely try to be a good role model to as many people as I yeah, can. Yeah, that's that's part of the key. I know when I get to go back to you know my hometown and and reflect on the journeys from my schools and you know playing hockey and all that kind of stuff. It's it's kind of cool. And yeah. I remember one, one of my, my biggest bucket list things was get invited to speak at my university. And I remember the day nice. that that happened. Nice. It, it was a, a little TEDx talk, and it, I just thought it was so nice. cool, you know, because as a kid, that's what you look at doing. So yeah, yeah very cool. Absolutely. Well, do you have any last? Uh, Thoughts, my friend, before we're, uh, before we end our amazing conversation. No, I, I, you know, if there's anything that I, that people can take away from this conversation is, you know, the hidden message here is is I I came on this podcast, I, I became a speaker through my my business nature became popular is because of a story. Yes, it's the power of a story, right? And I I used to think that most people didn't care about my story. Why would anyone want to hear about my story? I used to think. Mm-hmm. And the more I started to share it, the more I was able to to be vulnerable out in the the, the marketplace, and and it and it differentiated me, and it built a competitive strategy that can't be replicated. So if you can find a way to leverage your story, your company's story, um, in a way that helps you, whether it's an application, whether it's in a, uh, a sales pitch, whatever it might be, you are going to be unstoppable. Love it. And that because of that power of story, you leverage that. You find a way to funnel into your life and business. You are going to be unstoppable. That's you it. live your story. That's the key. Yes. I was uh, just, I was going to give you the last word. No, maybe I'll take it. But <laughs> <laughs> no worries. But it was, uh, I, I uh, was, uh, I was talking to somebody about story making and story making, and, and you know what they do now when they uh, when they are meeting somebody, they don't say what do you do. They say what's your story, and that's how yes. they get people practicing and reflecting on on that storytelling piece. So, my, yep. awesome stuff. 
my friend, Kendall, this has been an amazing conversation. What a wonderful surprise for me and, and uh, having you as a guest on our, our show, our great team of, of uh, researchers and, uh, and producers and so are, do a, do a lot of behind the scenes stuff. They really found a winner for us to talk to today. Can't thank you enough for your time, sir. Keep doing what you're doing. No problem, Rivers. I really appreciate the interview, and hopefully uh, someone gets some value and inspiration here today. I know they will. If they if they didn't after listening to this, then they weren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, my friend. Okay. Take care, man. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. This is Pat Michoud, international professional speaker and award-winning business coach, founder and CEO of Steps to Happiness. And you are listening to the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett. So, so let me t- let me reference that point because this is the other the part A, part B of the question. What do you tell people about how long it should take to make a decision like that? Because there's always the "I'll do it tomorrow." Yeah. Is there a time limit that you say to people? Look, I'm going to give you six and a half weeks, or how do you bring that piece into play? That today's the day, or whenever. Well, you see, and this is where I can tell you, younger than me, because I don't give anybody a week. <laughs> I, <laughs> I tell you've got no. Tomorrow's promised to nobody. Tomorrow right. is promised to right now. Today, my best friend is in palliative care, mm. and t- tomorrow is promised to no one. I saw her yesterday briefly. I took a meal for the family. I saw her. I gave her a hug. I was heading out, and her daughter, her adult daughter, said to me, "Are you okay?" And I said, "No. I feel. I believe. I just said my final goodbye." Mm-hmm. So tomorrow's promise to nobody. So my mm. answer to that question from anybody is, you sit down right now. I will help you through the process. There's a process for figuring it out. And I will help you with the process, but you need to figure out right now, today, 